it's just been a series of experiences I never thought I would have, but but I've enjoyed every moment of it. And right now, Capado is at 40 million in revenue after two years. We have 340 people in the company. We're gonna have 600 by the end of the year. We've raised $111 million and we're crushing it. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We've got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. You want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Ted Elliott. If he sounds familiar, it's because he was on the show a while ago building a company called Job Science. He's since launched into a new DevOps tool that he is building called Copado.com. Ted, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, thanks so much. Glad to see you again. What happened to Job Science? Uh, I think like a couple of weeks after I saw you or talked to you, um, I had one of our competitors call us up and make me an offer I couldn't refuse. Um, and so we sold them the business and I went on vacation. <laughs> uh, and I, I tried to decide what I was going to do next. And I thought I was going to do Bitcoin mining, which in retrospect looks like that would have been the, the smartest thing I could have ever done. But at the time it didn't seem, it seemed like I was, I, I didn't think I was hip enough to be a miner. So I had to find something else to do. I love that. Well, it's funny because, you know, I, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm close with art, but I certainly been a visit at his office. I saw his band play. Uh, I was very close with Bullhorn and sort of how he went through giving up 60% of the company and then getting it back back in 1999. And his, anytime I interview an HR tech person, I ping him and Colin Day at ISIMS and say, hey, you guys should buy these guys. So it was fun for me to see the news that Job Science was acquired by Bullhorn shortly after our interview last time. Yeah. And um, the six months that I had between Job Science and Capato were really, really helped me figure out what I wanted to do with my time. and. Uh, I have to say it was the worst six months of my life because when you don't know what you're doing with your life, it can be really, uh, you know, a shock to the system. Um, turns out my wife had a heart attack, oh my God. um, because she said that I was stressing her out because I didn't know what I was doing with my life. And I don't know if you know this, but sometimes your spouses act as an amplifier to your own feelings. And so that's when I had sort of this wake up moment of, Hey, I better figure out what I'm doing with my time because. Uh, there's real consequences. So anyway, Absolutely. Uh, that, that's why it was a rough six months, but um, I'm glad it's behind me. You did this effectively though, in terms of the capital perspective. I think when you came on, you told me it only raised 3 million bucks, right? Yeah, no. So it was a great financial exit. Um, and it's really interesting to me how my perspective about business has changed dramatically from when I was scrapping it with my own company to 
Um, started off at Capato as a board member and advisor and investor, and then um, was asked to join the company by the founders and the investors. Um, so it's a very different journey than last time in my perspective and my approach. Um, it, it's just a lot of learnings from from that last experience. Yeah, I want to dive into Capato, but I want to close the book officially on job science. You probably okay. can share the actual, actual like cash acquisition number, but can you at least maybe share the multiple on revenues? What multiple did you see? Yeah, so that business was growing at thirty percent, um, and you know it was a, a multiple that was over three. It wasn't a great multiple, okay. but because the ownership was seventy percent, myself, my dad, and my sister, uh, it was a uh, it was a good exit. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, um, I think when you came on, you said you guys were doing like some like 18, 15 or 18 million or something like I that. I think when we sold it, we were doing more like 25. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, look, $75 million exit where your guys and your family and close friends are owning 70%. That's a great business. So yeah. it took a lot. So this, now let's go to Capato. It's got to take a lot. You've got cash now to, to jump back into something full time versus like do your own thing. How the hell yeah. they incentivize you to get back into the game? So... Two weeks. So the deal I cut with Art was that within two weeks I could leave and never look back. And so uh, I stuck around at my desk and I would go for these cocktail luncheons at noon, and no one would call me. And I'd sit at my desk. And one day, one of my friends called me and said, "There are these two guys from Spain in town. They're doing DevOps for Salesforce. Do you want to come have uh, have dinner with us?" And I'm like, "You know, um, I'm going to Australia for a month. I'm not even sure we're coming back." Um, and <laughs> I'll come to dinner and we went to dinner and started talking to the guys and they're like, we make it so that, um, deployments don't blow up on Salesforce. And I was like, yeah, right. Tell me more. Right. And by the end of dinner, I was like, can I invest in this company? And they're like, no, you can't invest in our company unless you give it as advice and we get to know you. So then the entire rest of the week that they were in San Francisco, we were basically, going to dinner, going to lunch, hanging out, learning about the product. And I ended up going to Australia and said, here's my cell phone number. If you need anything, call me. I'm happy to be a resource for you. And they called me and they said, Salesforce is offering to buy us. What do you think we should do? And I'm like, well, is it a good deal? And they're like, it's a great deal. What but we think this, this was in 2018. Okay. And, and they, said, they said, but we think this is going to be really big. And I'm like, I think it's going to be really big too. And I think you guys are crazy. And, and they're like, well, uh, yeah, we're going to, they said, we're going to, instead of taking the money, we're going to take a round of investment from Insight, Salesforce Ventures. They're like, if you want to be in it, um, there are a couple other guys. One was from DocuSign, one was from Velocity. So we all threw in and invested in the business. And at that point, I had no plans on joining the company. I was just going to be an active board member. That was a $7.5 million round, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was just going to be an active board member and help them hire people in North America so they could go ahead and, and execute their North American plan. And, um, and it sort of just evolved from there. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, about two board meetings later, um, two founders said, you know, we're really struggling to get a foothold in North America. Um, we really need someone who can help us. And I said, okay, guys, um, I'll only do this if I'm in charge. All right. This is our business. I'm like, yeah, well, I said, I need to be in charge. You guys can fire me anytime the two of you can agree. I go, if one of you agrees with insight, you can fire me. If you two agree, you can fire me. But if the three of you can't agree, then I'm in charge. 
Um, and, and I said, great, come on board. And so we, we started off and my whole plan was to hire as many people as quickly as possible and spend that seven and a half million dollars as quickly as possible to show that we could scale. Um, and I think when I walked in the door, we had four and a quarter, uh, in ARR, um, and, you know, we took it from four and a quarter to 15 million in the first year. Um, we went from 30 people in Spain to about a hundred people, um, uh, in the U S and Spain. Um, I got diagnosed with stage three rectal cancer, my third month on the job, uh, and was told that I was going to die. Um, and, um, I was like, well, do I want to keep doing this or do I want to just focus on not being here? And I was like, no, I'm going to go for it. Go big. Right. Have you beat it? Um, yeah, I beat it. Um, I did, uh. 12 rounds of chemo and radiation and four surgeries. And I wow. just had a follow-up surgery last week that was not related to the cancer, but I had a uh, hernia as a result of them poking a hole in my abdomen for a uh, colostomy bag that I had to wear for four months. Um, and I can tell you, I have probably, well, I, I shouldn't go there. I've had a lot of cameras inside me and you just don't want to know how they got there. Um, and so so it really, for me, was um, a life-changing experience in a lot of ways in that the bullhorn thing made it so I didn't really care about money. Yep. The cancer made it so that I really didn't care about anything that didn't give me purpose, um, that I didn't love. That, and, and I really came to this honest moment where I was like, I work because I love to work. I love building things. I don't do it for the money. The money's great. Who cares about the money, though? It's like, I'm doing this because I want to make sure that people don't have to suffer through bad releases. That really bugged me. I hated that. Um, and so that, and then I, I started saying, okay, what am I going to be grateful for today? Like, what is it that makes me happy? And I'm like, I love the, the biggest thing that I loved about Capato was I was able to recruit like 15 people from job science who quit what they were doing. And were like, we want to work with you again. Right. I remember I was on the gurney at MD Anderson getting my first round of chemo. And I get this text message from this woman who worked for me, um, who works for Bullhorn now, didn't know I had cancer. And she said, I just want to tell you, we never got to say goodbye when you went to job science, but you giving me a job at job science changed my life and my family's life. And that's when all of a sudden it became really clear to me that I am on a mission to sort of do something I think is meaningful. And so that has given me just a tremendous amount of pleasure and really grounded me. Um, and, you know, COVID hit literally uh, a month after my last surgery, um, when I was told I was clear and it's amazing when you don't have a rectum, your life changes a little, and just in case, hopefully you never have to experience it. Um, I make a lot of poop jokes, but, um, it took me a good six months. Uh, thank God I could work from home. Um, because you need to have your own private office off your private office yeah. and, uh, you know, the Fonz's office. Um, so I, I, uh, it's it's just been a series of experiences I never thought I would have, but but I've enjoyed every moment of it. And right now, Capado is at forty million in revenue after two years. We have three hundred and forty people in the company. We're going to have six hundred by the end of the year. We've raised one hundred eleven million dollars, and we're crushing it. And I am having more fun than ever. And I how many customers said? Well, we do something really interesting. We only focus on the top 5,000 buyers of Salesforce in the world. And right now we've penetrated 400 of them. Okay. I love this. So you've defined the pool you want to fish in. And now it's clear how you can go monopolize that pool. Cause it's so, it's so obvious. 
yeah, I just decided I don't like selling stuff to people. I like to explain, hey, this is what's cool about this. Are you on board? I'm so kind what of is it, the top five thousand. What was it again? It's the top five thousand buyers of, of commercial of enterprise software in the world. Okay, and how do so, you get that list? How do you get that list of customers? Well, I can. Yeah, the, I, let me just put you this way. Uh, there's a way to get it, um, and we've figured it out. It's part of our secret sauce. We've actually leveraged a ton of ideas from recruitment software in our entire selling methodology. Um, we found out that 80% of the world's DevOps community on Salesforce lives in India in one of three cities. They go to one of three schools. Chennai, um, Bangalore. Bangalore is the capital. We So uh, my really close friend and colleague, this guy, Sanjay Gudwani, who uh, is our COO, I said, you know, Sanjay, I think someone needs to go to India and throw a training and see who shows up. And he calls me from Bangalore and he's like, it's like a dead concert, dude. There are people lined up for blocks trying wow. to get into the training center. And I was like, okay, we're onto something. And that's the fun part of it. It's like, we've got the money to go run any play we want to run. We can place big bets. It's so different than when it's uh, founder bootstrapped. And I could have never done this without art basically freeing me from job science. And it wasn't that I love job science. I loved what I did. But I'd done it forever. And and I that six months in the desert thinking about what I want to do next, I was like, what did art do right? Yeah, guys, like, job, do just right? So you guys have job science was you launched in 99. So I mean when you say yeah, forever, and we really pivoted forever. We pivoted like three times. And yeah. um in fact a lot of the guys I hired at Capado I knew from Salesforce. The guy who sold me Salesforce when I was at job science is now running my sales team. That's okay. Amazing. The guy who I went and did the first pitch at Kelly Services with job science at Salesforce is now running my sales ops and sales insurance. So I've taken all these people that I've collected relationships with over the last 19 years and I call them up and I'm like, hey, this is what we're doing. I'd love to get the band back together. Do you want to get involved? I'm like, here's kind of where my life is. And, and we also did this other crazy thing that I would have never done at job science, which is we start off with a very clear mission, which was to make release days obsolete. What does that mean? It means from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., no one should have to be at the office trying to deploy software, right? So you're, and, you're back in like continuous integration teams or what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just know like when you go to do a Salesforce deployment, it goes wrong. You were up there all night yeah. and and people are coming in the next morning and they are ready to fire you. Right. And we're like, we're going to make that go away. That's, that's our core mission. And then we said, okay, let's develop some values that will drive us. And so we're like, okay, we developed this thing called the COPA value system. It's customer success over deliver, People are the code, which really means our ecosystem is the secret, and then always build trust. And and so, having had cancer and saying I just don't want to deal with bullshit in my life, having had my wife had a heart attack, so she's like, you got to go find something to do. Having bullhorn by my company, so I had some money in my pocket. I'm just like, you know, I can't use the f word, I guess, on your podcast. But you can imagine, yeah, you can say whatever you want. I was like, fuck it, let's go big or go home. Yeah. And so that's that's the fun part. Now I don't know where it's all going to end up. But, um, Ted, let me get you, them. Cause I know you could keep telling stories. You're a story. Yeah, sorry. Player. I'm just, you, you I'm, could tell I'm great stories. Fun. You could tell great stories all day long. Let me, let me capture a couple things from you though. So t- back in 2018, you guys do seven, half, eight million bucks. You are participating as an angel in that round. What was the valuation in that round? Do you remember? Yeah, that, that valuation was 35 million. Okay. Got it. So you went in there and then I believe you guys recently raised 96 million. Is that right? Yeah. What was the valuation on that? I can't tell you, but it, it's at least more than 10 times what the first one was. Okay, got it. So, so I mean, I mean, are you guys flirting with or close to a billion or that's going to take another year or two? 
No, we, uh, we haven't our, I was just, I get calls, multiple calls a week of people who will offer us a, a unicorn valuation today. Yeah. Well, I mean, so if you raise 96 at 10 X 35 million, so 96 on the, I didn't say it. Yeah. So, I mean, the post was even more than that. Okay. Got it. So post money way North of 10 X. I mean, so that's sort of standard, right? You're selling something between like 15. And that was in 18 months. Yeah. You're selling something between 15 and 20% of the business. Yeah. Well, what do you mean that was in 18 months? From the time I joined to the time we closed capital, it was really interesting because when the founders, when I joined the company, the founders said, why don't we set up your equity reward based on you getting us to a value that exceeds 300 million or three, it was exceeds 320 million euros in 18 months. And I was like, are you guys like high? And then it was so fun when we closed the round because they're like, you actually did it and you exceeded. And I said, well, hey, um, I think we're going to double revenue. Uh, and what was funny is last year during COVID, sorry, there's someone who's, I'm in New Orleans and someone's blowing no their problem. weeds on the side, but um, we we kept on talking to people. And every time we got on the phone, we had like doubled the revenue again. I mean, What, what it, it, was like, that doubling? So if you're at 40 run rate today, where were you a year ago? 13 million? We were, uh, so we were at 15, so a little less than, yeah. And, and we're... After this first quarter, we're still growing. We're growing at 100% plus on new revenue. What's really interesting about this business is the number of customers. And this is really the sign that you're making customers successful. We generated 50% of our new revenue in the fourth quarter of last year on customers who are coming back and buying more. Got it. Well, can you quantify that? So what is expansion revenue, like percentage-wise, over the past 12 months? Like 100%, 80%, 50%? So we're running 140% plus net revenue retention. What's the gross um, though? The, the, yeah, well, I mean, so we're holding on to about uh, 90% of the labels um, and we're uh, 95% of the revenue. And then we're upselling another, you know, 55% on that. On a- average, you know, our customers come back on average within eight months and buy a second pro- set of products from us that are about 40% of the first sale. Yeah, that's world class. I, I probably shouldn't be throwing those numbers out, but I mean, I don't care because no one, no one who we're competing with can pull this off. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, these, are, these are healthy numbers, Ted. Um, one forty percent, even in the public SaaS. Uh, that, I mean, that's world class. Zoom is up in that that world. You know, Zoom Info is in that world. So, real quick, on your team, 340 total today. How many engineers? Uh, fifty. Okay, fifty. That's good. Now, do, how many quota carrying sales reps? Fifty one. Interesting. How do you set quota? Is it like a million dollar quota target, or how do you? I take your salary, and I'm like uh, eight times base is your first year with the three month ramp. I love that. It's so clear. No, you know, and, the founders can answer that that clearly. It's, it's <laughs> well, I just, I'm just like I don't have time to fight. So I bought everyone chess clocks for Christmas. You know, there are that report to me, and I'm like, why did you buy us these chess clocks? And it's like uh, time is running, and if you make no decisions, you die. And I go. You know, I lived this. Um, I remember I'm at MD Anderson. They're like, do you want to sign this thing to say that you're okay taking poison? I'm like, well, what's the choice? Die? I'm like, just give it to me. Let's get going. Start pumping yep. me with the poison. What so, if, so, if I joined you today as a sales rep, so what is my first year salary going to be if I hit quota? If you hit quota, you'll make like 300. Got it. So I'm going to be making, I'm going to be bringing in eight times that in terms of ARR. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Very interesting. You know, you're now you're going to be you're reading and you'll bring in about four times that because it's eight times your base and it's a 50 50. I see. I see. Interesting. Interesting. Love this model. Okay, cool. Anything that I should have asked about that I didn't? 
No, I just, I think that what people don't realize is that we're, we call our current business play the Smokey and the Bandit play. Now, I know for some of your audience, they might not know who Smokey and the Bandit I are. was born in 89. I got no idea yeah. what you're talking about. So if you've ever seen Burt Reynolds and Smokey and the Bandit, uh, it's a story about moving beer from Georgia, from Texarkana to Georgia. It's a 1970s cult classic. And um, in a lot of ways, we we're drafting behind this big truck called Salesforce. And we don't think most of our competitors see us coming down the road and we're going to pop out of the bushes. So uh, if you just listen to the song Eastbound and Down, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube and we'll play a little video of what Smoking the Bandit is. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. But that's kind of our attitude. It's like the clock is running. We're always running out of time. We're living in the moment. We're working with people we love to work with. Um, we've decided that we are going to be a sales and marketing focused organization, but we never sell anything to anyone. We only show them how it works. And we're, we're having a lot of fun. And I think that's really the key to the whole damn thing is the first company that I actually job science wasn't my first company. It was my third company that I had been involved with starting. Um, it was fun, but it, we didn't do it for fun. We did it because we thought we could build something that was going to be, you know, that we could sell to someone. This one is like, this is the, this is like my opus. This is the one I'm doing for me. I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not doing it for anything else except for I want to solve this problem. And I think that if I had realized that when I was at Job Science, we may not have sold Job Science to Bullhorn. We might have bought Bullhorn mm -hmm. because, because we would have been on this holistic mission of who gives a shit. And I, I, I think that is so important. And it's so hard for founders to get to that place of why am I doing this? Am I grateful? And you know, love yourself first and, and then go out and give. But that's kind of that's this new place I've been at. And, and I, I, I'll leave you with this. I never thought having cancer would be a gift, but I decided it was either a gift or a sentence. And I wanted it to be a gift, not a sentence. And that doesn't mean I don't have days when I'm hurting. I haven't had a drink in two and a half years. I can only eat chicken, you know, and fish. And I was a steak eating, you know, monster. And, and honestly, I love being here. So Nathan, I know we're out of time, but I, I just uh, wanted to have a follow-up with you because I was excited last time I talked to you. Um, hopefully someone doesn't call and make us an offer to buy the company in the next two weeks. And you're like, what the F Ted? I thought this was your opus, man. But um, maybe that's what it is. You come on the show, you get multi-billion dollar acquisition offers. It happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so anyway, um, I had fun talking to you last time when you reached out to me, I was like, Hey, sure. Let's get the band back together. Well, Ted, the, the show doesn't work unless you come with these stories. So I want to thank you for being so open and guys will, We'll take it on there. Ted Elliott, 1999, launched Job Science, grew to $25 million run rate, kept 70% of the business. Him and his family ended up selling that for more than a 3X multiple to our friends, Art Papas at Private Equity back in Bullhorn. He did that, call it a year and a half, two, maybe, uh, sorry, two and a half years ago-ish. Uh, ultimately, ended up getting involved with DevOps tool Capato, making Salesforce deployments finally stress-free. He joined and the company was doing $4.2 million in ARR back in 2019. It's now doing over $40 million in terms of run rate. They're serving over 400 customers. The team is 340 people, 50 engineers. Last round valuation, they raised $96 million bucks at north of a $350 million valuation. He's growing. We're having fun watching. Ted, thanks for taking us to the top. All right. See you later, man.